Have you ever had people who mostly through what they write, you think of as guides and mentors, even if you've never met them in person, their words ring in your ears and your soul for so long that they have this huge part in framing your view of everything. That's so much of our journey of growth, isn't it? We're not blank slates. And sometimes we get to soak and marinate blissfully in the input of ideas and wisdom from these wisdom teachers. And we grow, evolve, hopefully into a better, more redemptive, more loving, more generous, more kind existence. In this episode, the two people, the guides whose ideas I'm thinking of are Joe Jaworski, a thinker, leader, author, and lawyer who has devoted so much of his life to exploring the deeper dimensions of transformational leadership. And if you're old enough to remember, like me, if you're old enough to remember or you're a history geek, Joe Jaworski's father, Leon Jaworski, was the second Watergate special prosecutor following Archibald Cox back in the 70s. The second wisdom teacher I have in mind for this episode is a Canadian singer-songwriter whose birth name is Roberta Joan Anderson. And if you don't know who that is, you will in a minute. But first, we're going to dive into some physics and then some sacred writings. And then, as we tend to do, we'll put it all together. Loved ones, what's going on? I'm Bruce, and this is A Bigger Story. John Stuart Bell was a physicist from Northern Ireland. He passed into blessed memory in 1990. He's famous for Bell's Theorem. I learned about Bell's Theorem not from a physicist, but from a lawyer, Joseph Jaworski, in his book, Synchronicity. And you'll find a link to that in the show notes. Bell's Theorem works like this. Imagine two paired particles in a two-particle system. If you make them fly apart or take them apart any distance, putting one particle in New York, for instance, and another one in San Francisco, and then if you change the spin of one of these particles, say the one in New York, the other particle, the one in San Francisco, will simultaneously change its own spin. It illustrates the oneness of apparently separate objects. There's more oneness in the universe than we could possibly ever imagine. And another physicist, David Bohm, worked with Bell's theorem, did some more experiments, and concluded that everything is connected to everything else. And David Bohm, this physicist, also concluded that physical separation does not lead to separateness. My wife Maureen and I spent the first two and a half years of COVID with a commuter marriage. She was in Chicago. And I was in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, that's not quite New York to San Francisco, but we learned that physical separation does not have to lead to separateness. It doesn't have to. And David Bohm, the physicist, saw this through Bell's theorem. He wrote, the oneness in Bell's theorem envelops not just atoms, but all of creation, including humans, including humans, us. And then Bohm conducted another experiment. You could try this at home. It's fairly simple. It would be better if this was video and I could show it to you, but I'll take a shot at describing it. You take two clear glass cylinders, one larger than the other, and you put the smaller cylinder inside the larger one. You could do this with two jars, uh, one bigger and one smaller. In the space between the two cylinders, you put a liquid like glycerin or baby oil or some other clear oil. Next, you put a drop of ink into the oil. 
Then while you hold the inner cylinder so that it remains motionless, you turn the outer cylinder. As you turn it, the drop of ink gets drawn into a thinner and thinner thread. The more and faster you turn the outside cylinder, the more that thread of ink spreads and becomes thinner and thinner until it disappears, becomes invisible. That's interesting. But here's the amazing part. If you reverse the direction of the outer cylinder, the thread becomes visible again. And ultimately, if you keep spinning it back in the other direction, the particles of the ink come back together until it's in its original form as one droplet, one glob of ink. The particles of the ink had become invisible, but they were never truly separated into an irretrievable state. They appeared separate to the naked eye, but were still one. David Bohm said that this demonstrates that everything is enfolded in everything else. If we reach deeply into ourselves, he said, we are reaching into the very essence of humankind. And the more we allow ourselves to be tuned into this reality, the more we discover the key to the positive transformation of humankind. And that key is this. We are all connected. Let's stop here for a moment and let that sink in. We are all connected. Even when that connection is stretched to the point that it's no longer visible, we are still connected. Think about our world today. And it seems like a lot of our connections with one another have been stretched and spun into invisibility. Wouldn't it be great to find ways to reverse that? Maybe not so that we all just become one glob of ink, but to reverse our direction enough so that the line, the strand of connection between us is at least visible? A little more physics. The Big Bang, this mind-boggling primordial supernova of an explosion that scientists theorize resulted in our observable universe. A powerful explosive expansion from an initial state of high density, like that ink glob, from an original star eight times as massive as our own sun, that Big Bang resulted in the formation of every element on the periodic table of elements, and then some, and it also ultimately resulted in us. So, you see where this is going? The scientists say that everything in all of creation, from rocks to water to metal to plants to animals, including us, all and each of Everything in the universe contained the elemental original stardust from the Big Bang, the explosion of that first massive star. And so if we take David Bohm's experiments with Bell's theorem that there is an ultimate fundamental connectedness, not just of atoms, but of all creation, including humans, us, and then add to that the Big Bang theory, part of which says that all things, including us, contain this original stardust from that first massive star, I think we find out that Canadian singer-songwriter Roberta Joan Anderson was 100% absolutely right. Now, who is Roberta Joan Anderson? We know her as Joni Mitchell, one of whose brilliant songs is Woodstock, which charted highest with the cover version recorded by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. And what I have in mind are the lyrics of the chorus. We are stardust. We are golden. We are billion-year-old carbon. And we got to get ourselves back to the garden. And what am I doing reading that for you when Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young can sing it?
We are stardust, billion-year-old carbon. And not only do we all contain the same original primordial material, we're connected. And to whatever extent we think that our connectedness has been so stretched as to not be visible anymore, we need to reverse the direction of the cylinder, or as Joni Mitchell wrote it for us, we've got to get ourselves back to the garden. That sounds a lot like the first stories of creation in the Hebrew scriptures, the book of Genesis, the creation of the universe, the first humans, the intention in the garden of oneness, of unity, and the breakdown of that unity in the garden. This is also from Hebrew scriptures. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. One. In the Christian scriptures, Jesus, when he's asked, Which of the commandments is the greatest? He cites that Hebrew scripture. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then he adds to it, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I don't know if Jesus, the rabbi, somehow knew the physics behind it all. But isn't it incredible in this mystical sense that the science and the spirituality and the necessity of this oneness all come together? The original divine energy power at the beginning of everything is still active in everything, including us, that there's this basic oneness, a single common thread. I don't think it's a stretch to say that societally and individually, we have largely turned our back on that oneness to the point that for many, you can't even see it anymore. What if we could start to reverse direction like that cylinder and ink droplet experiment and our oneness as humanity could come back into view? Jesus said that these commandments to acknowledge this divine oneness and the commandment to love one another are the greatest commandments. And elsewhere, he prays to God to protect his followers that they may be one. And Paul of Tarsus, the apostle Paul, writes in one of his epistles in the New Testament of the Bible, He writes using this metaphor of a body as a mystical reality. Here's the quote. Just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body. And if one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. I don't think Jesus or Paul had physics degrees or the science channel to watch. It's just more data that there seems to be a mystical connection between the physics of the universe and the spirit of the universe. Martin Luther King got it too. From jail, he wrote a letter known as the letter from the Birmingham jail. Here's what he wrote. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. And then another time he wrote this, in a real sense, all life is interrelated. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be, and you can never be what you ought to be until I am what I ought to be. This, he said, is the interrelated structure of reality. It fascinates and inspires me to no end how science and spirituality throughout millennia converge. They don't cancel each other out. They fulfill each other. Here's one more. This is the great Russian novelist Fyodor Dostoevsky 
in the Brothers Karamazov. He wrote, Love all God's creation, the whole and every grain of sand in it. Love every leaf, every ray of God's light. Love the animals. Love the plants. Love everything. If you love everything, you will perceive the divine mystery in things. Once you perceive it, you will begin to comprehend it better every day. And you will come at last to love the whole world with an all-embracing love. Because everything is interconnected. One. Here's my suggestion for today. Marinate in that. Soak in it. Think about that cylinder experiment where the glob of ink stretches out and becomes invisible. And then maybe think about, contemplate how in your own world today, you can be part of the ongoing experiment of reversing the direction of the outer cylinder. Maybe just enough that the thread of connections become visible again. Or meditate and remember that you are comprised of stardust. Maybe you're having a bad hair day. Not happy with the way you look or feel today. Look in the mirror and say, wow, I am stardust. (laughs) Maybe the state of the world has you down. Try looking at someone, maybe especially someone you find hard to love. And as you look at them, remind yourself, wow, they are stardust. Let Joni Mitchell's words immortalized by Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young become an earworm for you today and for the next couple of days or forever. Keep singing these words. We are stardust. We are golden. We are billion-year-old carbon. And we got to get ourselves back to the garden. We are stardust. Thanks for listening. A new episode drops every Monday through Friday. Stay in touch. Bruce at brucecole.tv. And remember, you are loved. 